It's a very busy week around the world of the NHL. On today's episode, we'll talk about the upcoming NHL awards, NHL draft, and Dallas Stars development camp. All of this coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, June 26th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen here throughout the offseason as we're, you know, we're well beyond playing games in the NHL, but we're getting to a pretty exciting week uh, and a, a nice stretch of a couple of weeks where we're going to have plenty to discuss uh, this week. It's really more draft related, but then, you know, a week from now, uh, we'll be discussing free agency uh, and what that could look like for the National Hockey League world, and especially uh, as it pertains to the Dallas Stars and how they can improve their team moving forward. But I do want to start today's episode with just some some food for thought, uh, if you will, so with how, you know with the upcoming, and I say upcoming, it's tonight, uh, the NHL Awards in Nashville, uh, a few days before the draft on Wednesday. Players from around the league, will gather in Nashville to be given some of the most prestigious awards in the NHL. And outside of Jim Neal being nominated for GM of the year, there are no Dallas stars and no Dallas representation amongst the nominees for this award, which I have talked at length about Wyatt Johnston being left off the Calder vote, or at least being left off the ballot of finalist for the Calder Trophy and how I think that he's more deserving than uh, two of maybe the other finalists, but ultimately it's Matty Benier's award. Uh, not really a doubt that he is going to win that one. So, you know, at the end of the day, should he have been nominated? Yes. Uh, am I devastated about it? Not necessarily, but it would have been nice for him to get recognition after having arguably the best rookie season in, in Stars history, at least in terms of goal scoring and offense. Uh, I think it's one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in quite some time. Uh, maybe besides this Jason Robertson kid, who I think is going to turn out to be pretty good. I've also talked uh, plenty of times about Miro Haskinen not being on the ballot for the Norris Trophy. I can understand why he's not on there, but I do think that he maybe deserved to be on there over Kale McCarr, who missed a good chunk of the season with injury, still put up very impressive numbers, uh, not to slight McCarr for his play, but Haskinen did play the entirety of the season and did put up relatively similar numbers, uh, but I'm not here to talk about those players today. Like I said, I've talked at length about those players being left off their respective award list uh, or at least being finalists for their awards, but there were a couple of other awards that caught my eye and I started to think, how have these Stars players that I'm going to talk about in just a second not won these award or you know really ever been finalists? For these awards, starting with the Selkie Trophy, which is given every year to the league's best defensive forward, uh, a guy who can bring it on both sides of the ice. And I've thought to myself over the past few seasons that this is an award created, it seems, 
for a guy like Rope Hintz. And this year's finalists do not feature Rope Hintz. Instead, it is Patrice Bergeron, Nico Heischer, and Mitch Marner. No surprise to see Bergeron amongst the finalists. He's been nominated, I believe, 12 times over the length of his career. He's won it five times, and I think that he will probably win it tonight for the sixth time in his career. Uh, it, you know, People always make the joke, oh, they should just rename the award uh, to the Patrice Bergeron Award, uh, which would make sense, especially if he does win it the sixth time. It seems like he is always in the running to win this award, rightfully so. Uh, one of, if not the best, two-way forward of all time in this game brings it on both ends of the ice but i really even though it, you know Bergeron's always in the running and it seems like he's you know almost always slated to win the award especially this season feels a little bit weird uh, to see a guy like Rope Hintz left off the board we know that he's finally starting to get some recognition for his offensive talents i think Rope's performance in the postseason especially uh, has brought some of that to light and now the NHL world is a little bit more aware of the type of player that he is and what he brings to the table. And I'm not here to discredit the other finalists or the other nominees. I think Heischer and Marner are both fine players who deserve to be in the conversation, no doubt. Uh, and there's a reason that they are nominated because they are incredibly skilled players. But I'm just shocked uh, that hence, even though his career is still relatively young, uh, all things considered, that he's never been a finalist uh, for this award. And I think part of it may be that health uh, can tend to factor into this. Rope only played 73 games this past season, whereas Nico Heischer only missed one game and Mitch Marner only missed two. So while Hintz didn't miss a, a large margin of time, uh, he did miss, what, 10 or so games, 9, 10 games, which did probably factor into some of that decision-making. He has received votes in the past. He actually got 21 votes for the Selkie Trophy last season. And I do think that there's a chance that once Patrice Bergeron retires, which might be this offseason, there's an opportunity uh, for players, Rope Hints and otherwise, to be nominated for this type of award and get some more opportunity to shine uh, and get a little bit more attention for being some of the better two-way forwards in the NHL. I mean, one of the unfortunate unfortunate parts of these awards is only, you know, three people can be nominated. So every year, there's always going to be people who deserve credit who get left off the ballot. That happens to be hints this season. But once the seemingly perennial winner of this award finally does hang up the skates and call it a career, it wouldn't surprise me if we finally do see hints get a little bit more recognition in this regard for the Selkie Trophy. I think that just his style of play fits what that award stands for so well. Uh, and I feel like he can only go uncredited for not too much longer as he's been doing it for the majority of his NHL career in Dallas as one of the most underrated players in the league. And on the same note, I think it's even crazier that Joe Pavelski, who also, side note, could also, you can make this argument for him with the Selkie Trophy as well, but for how long he's been playing in the NHL, he's never won the Lady Bing Award, uh, an award that is given to a player that exemplifies sportsmanship while also being uh, a contributing player on his respective team, uh, chipping in with goals, points, defense, what have you, uh, you know, being an all-around team player, contributing uh, in terms of production, but then also, you know, representing the team in a good light, which I feel like Joe Pavelski has done throughout the entirety of his career with the San Jose Sharks, but he has carried that over to his time here in Dallas as well. The finalists for the 2023 Lady Bing Award are Braden Point, Jack Hughes, and Andre Kopitar. Not to discredit any of those guys. Again, that's not what I'm here to do. That's not what I'm here to do any of the time that I talk about these awards or the stars not being listed. 
I think that these guys certainly do have a case to be made. And really, at the end of the day, uh, I think a lot of what this award comes down to is penalty minutes. And the margin for error is razor thin. Uh, and you look at Joe Pavelski, who had a career low penalty minutes with eight. And you think to yourself, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, honestly, pretty surprising that he's not a finalist for the award with only eight penalty minutes, uh, what, 77 points on the season. And, and you know, at, at what, age 38? Pretty impressive stuff. But then you look at the other finalists and you see Jack Hughes, one of the best young players in the league, only had six penalty minutes, Kopitar with four, and Braden Point with seven. And I'm sure that that's not the end-all, be-all, but you look at the production with the you know more of a lack of penalty minutes from those other three nominees and other three finalists, and I think that that's a recipe uh, for these players getting the recognition for this award. Pavelski, while he's you know been a, a an always a classy player, classy individual, sometimes the penalty minutes have gone a little higher than I'm sure he would have liked. So there's a reason why he hasn't won it throughout the duration of his career. But especially, I think this past season, I think there's certainly a case to be made for him to be amongst the finalists. I know I personally like to factor in the whole. Well, you know, there's the longevity and he's playing so incredibly well at an older age and he's garnered the respect of coaches and players and fans across the league. But I also know that that's not really something that, you know, the, these voters take into account when they're looking to hand out the wins for these awards. And maybe it's an award that Joe Pavelski can come out and win next season, amongst other things. I'm sure that winning the Lady Bing Trophy is probably the least of his concerns uh, and he would much rather be hoisting a different trophy at on ice level. Uh, at the end of the season, but just kind of wanted to, to start there and say that I think that these stars players, I, I know I've given a lot of recognition to other guys who have been left off as non-finalists for their respective awards for their pos respective positions, but I wanted to continue to do so uh, as we watch on tonight. Hopefully Jim Nil can come away with GM of the year award. Of course, I'm going to be biased and think that he should win, but I do think that uh, Boston and Florida's GMs also deserve credit for the seasons that they had. Uh, Boston, of course, winning the President's Trophy, and Florida coming as an eight seed to win the Eastern Conference uh, and you know make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Final, uh, despite you know what looked like a pretty disappointing season for the majority of the 22-23 run. But we'll have to see how it unfolds tonight. Uh, should be interesting to see who comes away with some of the hardware. Some of the awards seem like a given, while others a little bit more of a mystery. And that's what makes awards like this, award shows like this, exciting to some extent. Uh, and just a nice little primer as we get prepared for the NHL draft on Wednesday. Well, speaking of the NHL draft, the Dallas Stars are participating, but not to the fullest extent. We'll talk about how you, a Dallas Stars fan, can approach the NHL draft and how to manage your expectations on Wednesday and Thursday coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
I want to thank you again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. After today's show, be sure to check out Locked On's 2023 NHL Mock Draft Special. The local host of Locked On NHL channel have made their picks, and host Gil Martin and Hattie Kalakesh break down every selection over a three-day mock draft event. Find the episodes on Locked On NHL on YouTube or wherever you find your podcast. It is draft week in the world of hockey, a very exciting time for people who live and breathe the sport. We might not have the games on TV, the games to be watching, but we now get to see a lot of kids have their dreams come true and get to see them walk across the stage uh, on Wednesday. uh, And then a lot of them get drafted on Thursday to begin uh, their NHL careers or some of them, I guess, professional careers in the United States and Canada. And the draft is kind of a weird subject for Dallas Stars and their fans this summer because they're not participating to the fullest extent. uh, And they really won't be a very busy team during the first night, which is really the night that most people pay attention to uh, and, you know, seems to always draw the biggest views. And, you know, it takes a lot longer to get through the first round because you're, you know, taking a lot of time in between picks and you're interviewing players after picks and you're doing all these feature pieces on players and their families, which is really cool. And, and it's fun to watch. And it's interesting if you really do enjoy the prospect side of the game. And, you know, there is a part of me that falls under that category, but also it can be a little bit difficult to tune in if you don't necessarily have a ton of stake uh, in what's going on during the duration of the draft. And that's kind of where we all find ourselves in this situation as the Dallas Stars do not have a first-round pick. It was traded back in September to the New York Rangers in exchange for Nils Lundqvist. But now, actually, that trade, is or that pick, rather, is now in possession of the St. Louis Blues, who received it during the trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. That sent him to the New York Rangers. And the Stars are also without a third-round pick, which was originally sent to the Arizona Coyotes at last year's trade deadline in exchange for Scott Wedgwood. That pick now belongs to the Chicago Blackhawks. So the Dallas Stars find themselves with just a second, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round pick. But that second round pick isn't even an early pick in the second round. It won't kick in until the 61st overall pick. So not only will the Dallas Stars be sitting idle on night one, they'll be pretty inactive during the the start of day two of the NHL draft. And it might be discouraging to see the Stars playing with so few picks in a draft class that is absolutely loaded, even beyond the Connor Bedards and Adam Fantillis of the world. However, uh, I do think that there are some reasons that the Stars and their fans can look forward to this draft, because while it doesn't happen every single year, we do know that the Stars have found really great players for their team in late rounds in the past. You look at John Klingberg, who was taken 131st overall back in the 2010 NHL draft, and the Stars' captain, Jamie Benn, was taken 129th back in 2007. Those are just a couple of examples of players who have gone on from the late stages of the draft to be you know, productive players and players that have taken the Dallas Stars on deep playoff runs and been participants on, t- on a team that competed for a Stanley Cup championship just a handful of seasons ago. And then, you know, even this past year, Jamie Benn, a pretty critical piece of the Stars' success in the regular season, although we tend to not try to think about what happened in the latter stages of the postseason, but I digress. So the point is that the Stars can absolutely find a diamond-in-the-rough-esque player even if it's not necessarily in a place that you would expect for the stars to be finding great talent. We also don't necessarily know what insanity could ensue on the first night of the draft. Jim Nil always does seem to have some sort of trick up his sleeve. 
I personally don't necessarily think that he will be trading for a first-round pick because the Dallas Stars, if we're being honest with ourselves, don't necessarily need one this year. And I think that that is a luxury that they have kind of rewarded themselves with. I think that they have a very good team right now. A lot of these teams, the teams that are most excited about this draft are teams that are in need of adding really elite talent to their group, teams that are looking to rebuild, teams that aren't necessarily ready to compete for championships right now. And while it's good to be prepared for the future, I think the Stars are a, a you know amongst a few select teams that are in a unique spot where they have the pieces to be competitive right now, but they also do have a really nice core of young players and a pretty solid prospect pool as is. I know the Stars prospect pool certainly isn't amongst the overall elite of the hockey world, but there, there are plenty of guys in the system, some guys that are already in the NHL who still have the majority of their careers ahead of them who are looking to be staples of this organization, staples of this franchise for years to come. So I think if you miss out on a first-round pick for one year, uh, this is probably the best time to be doing so. And you know, I feel like the verdict is still out on Niels Lundqvist and whether or not he was worth that first round pick, because again, as loaded as this draft is, especially at the top through what the first 10 picks or so, there are going to be good players that do materialize in the latter stages of the first round. But the odds of the stars finding a, you know, rock solid cornerstone piece of the franchise at what 29th overall isn't necessarily high. It could happen, and maybe the Blues will find some unbelievably extraordinary talent that is going to change their franchise forever. I just don't necessarily envision that happening, and I don't think the Stars necessarily could have made that happen either. Uh, you know, those are just one of those things that you always have to speculate about, and there's no way of knowing until the pick is made and the player gets an opportunity to prove themselves. But I don't really think the Stars are missing out too much uh, in terms of having a first-round pick. Would it be nice to have one? Sure, but I do think that Niels Lundqvist does provide value to this team and to this organization and that he's going to continue to grow, develop, and materialize as an effective player uh, and he absolutely needs to. Otherwise, then, regardless of who the Blues get, uh, the, the value definitely does not lean in the Stars' favor. Uh, but again, I'm a believer in Niels Lundqvist, and only time will tell as he continues to age and develop his game. And, you know, maybe we'll also see the Stars make a move, not necessarily to gain a high draft pick, but maybe we'll see some sort of other move made in order to clear up some cap space for the Stars. Don't necessarily envision that happening either. But again, this is one of the finalists of GM of the year, Jim Neal, we are talking about. And while he's not a perfect GM, no GM is, uh, we know that he does like to make moves that surprise people. So we'll be keeping our eyes peeled uh, for what sort of activities Neil could be up to on draft night uh, in terms of him looking to improve this team and get them back uh, to you know competing for a conference title and eventually a Stanley Cup title uh, here over the span of the next few seasons. And with the excitement of the NHL draft comes another event that hockey fans around the league can get excited for, especially here in the Metroplex in Dallas. We're, of course, talking about development camp. And we've gotten some announcements from the Stars about when their development camp will be hosted, where it will be, as well as preseason game announcements. And we'll cover all of that coming up next. Third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Stars. A huge shout out to all the everydayers out there for continuing to make our show a part of your routine this summer. And an exciting part of the summer here in the hockey world in Dallas 
is Development Camp. This is an event uh, that is typically put on across the NHL after the draft where a lot of teams' prospects get together and practice and, and do all kinds of drills and you know uh, sometimes skills competitions with one another. Uh, an opportunity for those guys to you know get to know each other, potentially build some chemistry there, but also just for you know the coaching staff and the organization to see uh, what these guys are made of and start to see what the potential looks like for these guys to be NHL players with their various organizations. And when there hasn't been a worldwide pandemic uh, throwing everything out of the loop, this event in Dallas has traditionally been open to the public and will be so uh, this year uh, in Frisco at Comerica Center starting on July 1st going through July 4th. You can check out NHL.com and look at the Dallas Stars page, and they have a full list of start times and which you know group A Group B is how it will be divided. We don't necessarily know who will be participating in development camp just yet. However, we do you know, know that we will have a little bit better idea of that post-draft once the Stars know who their full list of prospects is. Uh, it'll probably, probably be guys drafted in this year's draft in the second and then later rounds, as well as people picked up in last year's draft and maybe a few other recent draft classes, guys that are still, uh, you know, maybe playing junior hockey or still in their developmental stages, not quite ready to make the jump to the NHL just yet. But it's a great opportunity to see the stars of the future while they're still in their early stages with the franchise. It's an incredibly fun and relaxed environment for the fans. I actually got to go one day last year, really enjoyed getting to watch the players participate in these various drills as well, uh, as it's a great opportunity for Stars fans to meet one another, mingle amongst themselves. I know I got to meet a few fans and listeners of the podcast last year at Development Camp. I'll be sure if I do get out there this year uh, to be sure to announce that probably here on the show as well on social media. Uh, so that way, you know, if there's any interest there, uh, you know, I'd be, love to, to meet any listeners or Stars fans and talk a little bit of hockey with you guys. It was fun to do last year and hoping to get to do so again this season. And not only do we have news about Development Camp in Frisco, we also have started to get preseason announcements, including uh, the announcement of the Stars preseason schedule, which is exciting because even though hockey is still a good ways away, we now have a little bit of an idea of when we can expect uh, there to be games back in our lives starting in late September. The Stars will have three games at home, one game at the HEB Center at the end of training camp against the Coyotes, and then four more traditional road games, including one in Independence, Missouri, where they'll be taking on the St. Louis Blues. So, you know, I know the Stars and teams across the league tend to do this, where they'll play a few preseason games in their home buildings, and then they'll also play some games in some more unique locations, and it's always a cool opportunity for fans who maybe don't always get to see the team to, to come out to a game and you know, even though it's not the most competitive or wild environment on the ice, still fun to get to see these players participate. And depending on which night you go, uh, you really could see some, you know, starters and, and you know, star players uh, get some reps in uh, to get prepared for the regular season. So obviously still a good ways away from the regular season, but it is nice to start to get these announcements and it makes it feel like the start of the NHL season is maybe a little bit closer than it actually is. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. And we will be back tomorrow uh, with some draft talk, talking about some players that the Stars can look to acquire. We'll probably be doing that over the next couple of days as we prepare for the Stars to make their first pick of the draft at 61st overall. 
Uh, not the most exciting number for the Stars' first pick of the draft, but who knows? Maybe we have the next, uh, you know, Rope Hints or Jason Robertson type player or Logan Stankoven, who is a second round pick, and he's expected to take the jump to the NHL this season and be a key contributor for the team. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Take care of yourselves and strap in for some draft coverage over the next few days. We'll see you back here tomorrow.